Thanks, Jake. Well, good evening. Oh, you're all excited to be here. Okay, good. Um, over the next coming couple of weeks, aside from next weekend, we're going to start a, a little series called the Bee Series. Now, don't think little honeybees and buzzing, stinging kind of ones, but bee as in be sure, as in tonight's topic, be distinct, be bold, be prepared. Um, that's the kind of series that we're going to look at over the next coming couple of weeks. Let's just pray before we begin. Lord God, I thank you for the chance to be able to come together tonight and, and to sing your praises um, and to, to realise how good you are to us, to be reminded of that again. And Lord, as we come around your word, I pray that you would teach each one of us. Speak in and through me and um, again, teach each one of us what you want to say. In your name, amen. Have you ever watched a movie where at about the, almost to the end of the movie, the movie takes such a, an amazing plot twist or an amazing um, twist of, of the story that it ends up changing what you thought might have been the end of the story. One such movie that I can think of, and, and I've been informed by my DVD guru here, is, is called My Sister's Keeper. My Sister's Keeper is the story of, of a family, a mother and a father, and two girls. And the, the older daughter is, is much older than the, the younger daughter because the older daughter develops bone cancer. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the older daughter develops bone cancer and then the younger daughter is actually conceived to be a potential bone marrow donor. And... And the story goes, they go through life, um, the older daughter and the younger daughter live life together and the parents end up getting sued for this, this act of conceiving a daughter um, to be just a donor rather than a daughter. And it turns out that it's revealed at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie that it's actually the older daughter with the bone marrow, uh, with the bone cancer that is suing her parents for conceiving the second daughter. And it changes the, the whole ending of the movie. It changes your whole perspective over the, the course of the movie because of this one little plot twist within the movie. And that's kind of what we have here in our passage tonight. These guys, these guys in, in Matthew chapter 7 have gotten through their, their movie, so to speak, and they've gotten to the end and there's a plot twist. And it changes their eternal destination. It changes their perspective on their lives as well. But let's just build the picture and, and keep your Bibles open to, to Matthew chapter 7 there. And we'll look through it. The phrase that, that Jesus starts off with, that on that day... Is, is a phrase that is very common within the Bible. In the Old Testament in particular, it could mark a, a start of a covenant between God and his people. 
And it's used in a historical sort of way where on that day, that day, that covenant started and played its way through history. Now, if I was to speak like that today, I would say, on this day, the 21st of February 2016, this happened and therefore it changed the course of history. So you can see it's, it's a kind of historical sort of phrase. But in our passage tonight, it, it denotes God's judgment. It denotes a day of judgment um, within history. And it's used in a future tense. On that day in the future, um, Jesus tells us a story about that day of judgment. That day of judgment where there's a good outcome for some, but a not so good outcome for the, the, the guys in our story tonight. Now, our guys in our story, they do some, some pretty miraculous and cool things, don't they? They prophesy in Jesus' name. They cast out demons in Jesus' name. And they do many mighty works in Jesus' name. And yet they're not allowed into the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but this, this kind of scares me a little bit. Because these guys are some of the best exorcists or demon caster outerers. Um, it's easier to say exorcists, isn't it? They're the best prophets. They're the best mighty workers in Jesus' name, and yet they're not allowed into the kingdom of heaven. Why is this? Well, when we look a bit closer to, to their motivation or their emphasis that they place on what they have done, it's all about we or me. They say, but didn't we do these mighty works in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do uh, the prophecy in your name? All their emphasis is on what they've done for Jesus and therefore Jesus should let them into the kingdom of heaven. These are pretty amazing kind of things. I don't know about you, but I've never cast out any demons. Um, I've delivered a couple of sermons, but I've never prophesied in Jesus' name. I've prayed over people. I've prayed for people. But I've never healed anyone or done mighty works or mighty wonders. And yet these guys with their, their amazing and mighty works are not allowed into the kingdom of heaven. So where does that leave us with our our possible lame excuses. Our possible lame excuses such as I went to church on, on every Sunday, I went to the monthly prayer meetings every, every month, I read my Bible, I even did a Bible in the year plan and I prayed very regularly. With these kind of excuses, there's... There's not much hope for us, is there? If, if these guys with their excellent works and their amazing wonders that they've done in Jesus' name aren't allowed into the kingdom of heaven, then there's not much hope for us if we've... Oh, but I've just, I've just 
I've, I've done all these things in your name, Lord. And this kind of scares me a little bit because if I got to the end of my movie, so to speak, and, and Jesus said those words to me, depart from me, I never knew you, that would absolutely just devoid me of my soul. It would change my eternal destination. It would, it would basically just... I'd be gutted. But as we look through our passage tonight, Jesus tells us that the entry requirements into the kingdom of heaven are not by doing stuff. It's not by doing mighty works. It's not by casting out demons. And it's not by prophesying in his name he says in verse 21 but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven that is the entry requirements to the kingdom of heaven oh man how can we know the will of of god almighty god who decides whether we come into heaven or not, how can we know the will of the Father? Well, you type it into your Bible program and, and it tells you. It tells you simply in, in John chapter 6, verse 40. You type it into your Bible program on your computer, of course. You, you ask your, your computer, what is the will of the Father? John chapter 6, verse 40. Jesus says himself, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Even think on that day, on that very same day where Jesus is saying, Depart from me, I never knew you, to some... He's saying, those who look on me for their eternal salvation will be allowed into the kingdom of heaven. So that's the will of the Father, for us to look on his Son for our eternal life and for us to know Jesus. He says again in in verse 23 of our passage tonight that, depart from me, I never knew you. So for us to, to be able to uh, be allowed access into the kingdom of heaven, we need to know Jesus as well. Turn back to, to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, sorry. As we examine Jesus' ministry, his earthly ministry, throughout his time here on the earth, we can see that that we can know God's heart for the world if we examine his, his ministry. Jesus' earthly ministry wasn't just to secure us a place in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. And you, you can picture you know, people floating on clouds with, with harps and, and that sort of thing when you think of heaven sometimes. Jesus' earthly ministry wasn't just to, to secure us a time in heaven in, for a day in the future. 
but it was it was to also reveal God's heart for for the lost for those who are sick for those who are poor for those who are outside of society and and eventually even his enemies for for God to be able to to pay the price to bring his enemies back into his presence this is how we can know what God God's heart is for for those around us but it's not simply just enough to know about Jesus it's not simply just enough to to believe in him and to know about him in our heads we've also got to be able to to be changed in our hearts and our character as we allow Jesus to to live through us in and through us he changes our character from being one that that tries to do stuff for God tries to to work to get access to God and changes us to be one that knows God has done knows that God has done what requires what is required to enter the kingdom of heaven and then changes their actions um, to be able to be reflective of God's heart for those who are lost, for those who are spiritually poor. Am I making sense? You see, there's a vast difference between those who are trying to work their way into the kingdom of heaven and those who look to Jesus for their eternal salvation, who look to Jesus for what to do in circumstances and, and what to do, what to be in the world. There's a vast difference between those who are trying to work their way into the kingdom of heaven and those who know that they are in the kingdom of heaven and then they live their lives accordingly. Because those of us who are uh, looking to Jesus for our eternal salvation don't have our eyes set on, on heaven. That is the reward, but our, our work at the moment is to be being Jesus to the world. It's our motivation that changes us from trying to gain access to the kingdom of heaven compared to knowing that we have access to the kingdom of heaven and therefore living accordingly. See, folks, there will be a day when each of us stand before God like these guys in our story tonight and, and we give an account for all the things that we have done. On that day where, where we stand before Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, I want to ask you, what will your response be tonight? What, if you think about it tonight, what will your response be to Jesus on that occasion? William Barclay says that a man may succeed for a long time maintaining the pretenses and disguises but there comes a day when the pretenses are shown for what they are and the disguises are stripped away 
We may deceive men with our words and even our actions, but we cannot deceive God. I want all of you to leave here tonight with the assurance or or being sure that you have looked to Jesus for your salvation, for your eternal life. I want all of you to leave here tonight with the assurance that you have looked to Jesus for the price, um, for knowing that he has paid the price to bring you into the presence of God. Because that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like, being in the presence of God, knowing and enjoying the presence of God even here on earth. And then being assured of that, that price that has been paid for you, you go and live your life accordingly, according to the Father's will, showing people how to, to look to the Son for their eternal life, how to feed the hungry, heal the sick, seek the lost, helping the less fortunate than yourself. You see, your motivation is not to try and work your way into the kingdom of heaven because we've seen tonight that that doesn't work. Works do not work because Jesus has done it all. Jesus has done the work for us and therefore we need to go and be Christ-like and, um, and continue that work. Not as our motivation to try and gain access to God but to know that we have access to God and then live accordingly. I don't want any of you to get to the end of your movie, so to speak, and have this amazing, not amazing, dreadful kind of plot twist. I want you to know that you are sure of your salvation, that salvation only comes through Jesus alone and not through trying to access God through works. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your your works that you have done on our behalf. That you have given Jesus for our salvation. That all we are to do is to look to him for our salvation, for our eternal life. And Lord, in light of that, we are then called to be children of God, showing your glory and your goodness to those around us. To not try and do works to gain access to the kingdom of heaven, but to know that, that you have given us access to the kingdom of heaven through your works. Lord, I thank you for your word and and thank you for the price that you paid for our salvation. May we be ever mindful of that and not not trying to to, um, work towards giving ourselves glory, but to give you the glory. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks, Janine.